Welcome to Beyond the Board, a podcast that explores the themes and real-life inspirations behind tabletop games. I'm Mike Riemann. And I'm Michael Sater. And on today's episode of Beyond the Board, we'll be discussing the themes behind the game, Time, Time Stories. Ooh, I liked how you did that with me. That was really nice. Uh, so first off, hi, Michael Sater. Hello, Mike Riemann. Uh, you are going to be hosting from now on with me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm really happy to be here. What makes you qualified to host this show? I play board games. All right, perfect. Then you are on board. <laughs> uh, so today's episode, we're talking about time stories. And actually, I, for our inaugural, ino- how do you say that word? Inaugural. inaugural. Thank you. <laughs> uh, third season. Uh, well, that doesn't make any sense. Or for a third season of Beyond <laughs> the Board, we uh, it, it's almost appropriate that we're coming out with time stories and that Mike's joining us because he is an enthusiast on science. It's true. I would call myself a, a science enthusiast. Perfect. That's yeah. That's exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna say that. So, uh, so with time stories, it it's a game. It's very fun. It's it's like sort of a role playing game, board game, where you're agents of the Tachyon Insertion in Major Events Agency or Time. Very clever. And your temporal agents who are sent to travel back in time to fix an anomaly that happened in the past. And you embody these different people or avatars so you can move around as somebody else and fix this problem. And you go through the scenario discovering clues and before the time's up. And if your time is up, most likely you won't get through it the first time around. You get sent back, you get yelled at, and then you go and try it again knowing what you know. Yes, that's true. Yes. Uh, (laughs) It's a lot of fun to play just based on a simple puzzle-solving aspects of being able to go back to the beginning with knowledge of the middle. It's uh, only what I wish I could do back in high school. <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't want to go back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst time of my life. <laughs> uh, what's really cool about this game is that you have this one solid deck, and the art is beautiful. And every time you play an expansion, it's always a different story. But your deck you go to different rooms or different places in these worlds, and they create this beautiful panorama that you can explore through these scenes, which is, it's just nothing I've ever seen before in a game, but uh, it creates... It creates this, just this beautiful scene, and it gives an element of role-playing because everybody can go to different parts of the room and learn different things that are happening. But, of course, you have to manage your time. And it has that choose-your-own-adventure aspect as well, where you can answer questions that will either lead you to a new room or a new option with characters you're interacting with or, or items that you can find based on your answers to certain questions that then, of course, you can go back and change if you need to. Yeah, so it's this beautiful blend of role-playing and escape room with some really nice like scene setting mechanics. That being said, Time Stories is about going back in time to different parts. So today we're going to talk about different um, theories of time travel uh, and different or different paradoxes in time travel, just kind of a general rundown of, of things that happen in time travel or, you know, possible bad things. Very, so, very general, I, I want to point out. Yeah, I, I think I had to stop you from researching because there is a lot that we can go into in the quantum particles and And, and all even then, I am absolutely not an expert, just an enthusiast, so it's still pretty general. But your enthusiasm <laughs> could make this three hours long. It's <laughs> very true. Uh, so let's, let's start with uh, general time travel. Uh, what is it go? <laughs> well, uh, in the very, the most basic sense, time travel relies on the assumption that time is the fourth dimension along with the three spatial dimensions, and that you can move in it just like you would move through space. You can move forward and backward assuming a linear time. That is what we kind of now consider time travel. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's it's relative, though, I think is the other thing that 
Albert Einstein mentions to where time could be happening for you one way, but it could be happening for somebody else a completely different way. Yes, that is a little bit of what the theory of relativity is trying to get across, is that time travels uh, in various ways based on the forces that are acting upon it, just like anything would in space. That gravity can alter time as well. Like Interstellar, when they go down to Exactly the like the movie The Astronaut in the Bookcase, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that like the Indian in the cupboard? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, so that's generally time travel. You're going back in time, uh, and it's that fourth dimension, the idea that you can go from point A to point B uh, because it is just another direction. So, so I think we're going to first start talking about what happens when you affect the past and how that might affect the future. And a good example of that is something you guys and gals probably heard of, something called the butterfly effect. Sure, the butterfly effect is uh, uh, mostly used in what's called chaos theory um, that uh, kind of in its popular form says that a butterfly flapping its wings years ago and very far away can affect what a tornado is doing now. Um, and it was kind of popularized by a man named Edward Lawrence in 1961, but kind of first came about, the first mention of what you might call the butterfly effect came from a Ray Bradbury short story in 1952 called A Sound of Thunder. And what happened in that short story? In A Sound of Thunder, a man who is in the future, in the 2050s, uh, decides to go back on a safari, a dinosaur safari, in which they take him back in time and allow big game hunters to shoot dinosaurs, but only dinosaurs that were going to die anyway, thereby saving any uh, uh, problems that you would cause by changing the future. That makes sense. But then what happens? Uh, well, he steps off the path and accidentally steps on a butterfly that he doesn't discover until he gets back to the future and find, or back to the present, his present, and finds that a uh, fascist regime is now taken over Earth. The language is different. Everything they they left is no longer there. And he looks at the bottom of his boot and discovers a butterfly. Dun, 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 dun. Butterfly effect. It's true. Um, so you also mentioned that uh, it. The idea that a butterfly flaps its wings and then a tornado or a typhoon happens. Um, this actually is a little bit built in sort of scientific fact to where uh, Edward Lorenz, like you mentioned before, he's a meteorologist and he wanted to see if predicting the weather was actually a sure thing. And so his theory was that a butterfly has the potential of creating tiny little changes in the wind, which which alter like it doesn't create a typhoon necessarily but it could alter the path entirely based on these tiny little bits of wind that are changing around the creation of this storm uh, and so the flapping of the wings represent the chinese changes in pressure uh, and they just start adding up to create like a complete different path that this typhoon might take in uh, the way Ray Bradbury describes it is, for the want of ten butterflies, a frog dies. For the want of ten frogs, a fox dies. For the want of ten foxes, a wolf dies. And that is how these uh, tiny events build and build and build until you get to uh, a point where there is a major shift um, in time. So that's the butterfly effect. We're going to take a quick break real quick, and then we're going to come back and talk about the grandfather paradox. This ain't your grandfather's paradox. Mm. No, it is, it is, well, is about your grandfather. But it can't be his because we'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Beth Reinstein. And I'm Nora Chin. Do you like Harry Potter? Do you like other works of fiction? Then do we have the podcast for you. It's called Get Sorted. Where we take characters from famous works of fiction and sort them into their Harry Potter houses. Han Solo. Slytherin. Leslie Nope. Gryffindor. SpongeBob SquarePants. Hufflepuff. Nancy Wheeler from Stranger Things. Ravenclaw. And you can find out more by tuning in to Get Sorted. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitchers, or wherever you get podcasts. Brought to you by Birdie Bots, Every Clear Bean, a subsidiary of Weasley Incorporated. And welcome back. I hope you went and made your sandwich with your thyme and turkey. Mm, nope. All right. You know what they say. <laughs> time is an illusion. Lunchtime, doubly so. Ah. Wait. Oh. You're actually talking about lunch. Wait. It was a sandwich. Gotcha. <laughs> So we're back, and we're going to talk about the grandfather paradox. Uh, I know we left you on that cliffhanger. So basically what the grandfather paradox is, uh, is you go back in time. The idea is that, okay, time travel is real. You can go back in time. If you go back in time and kill your grandfather before they have one, one of your parents, then you are never born. Then you can actually never go back in time to kill your grandfather. Uh, so it's this this infinite loop of y- you can't do it. <laughs> that's true, and that's what makes it this this interesting paradox. Mm-hmm. Um, it did come around in uh, stories as early as like the late 1920s. It also was mentioned in science a science fiction magazine in the 1930s as the age old paradox. Ten years age old. <laughs> it, and it comes in many 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 forms. Uh, there's uh, uh, John Garrison once proposed that you could send an electronic signal back in time to turn off the machine that sends the electronic signal back in time. So the machine is never on, nor never off. So it just never happens. It never happens, or but it has to because that's what's happening. That's the paradox. So let's go beyond where this paradox supposedly ends. Uh, this is something I want to talk about. The timeline, you travel to the past, you kill your grandfather, you aren't born, so you don't travel back, and your grandfather still has your parent, and then you are born, and then you travel back in time to kill your grandfather, and it just keeps looping, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it seems to be looping in one event, but if you can think about it as two realities happening in parallel to each other, it might actually exist. Well, I think what we're talking about now is we've gotten away from something that is linear time, and in this case, we're talking about a double loop or Mobius strip. Mm-hmm. Um, This is uh, working on the assumption that the same point in time is always happening, is all points in time are persistent, uh, and you are going back to a time in which you did kill Hitler. So that it, that exists Wait, at the Hitler same time. Hitler was my grandfather, <laughs> <laughs> or whichever. Whether you kill your grandfather or you kill Hitler, and never have to go back and kill Hitler. Um, same concept of the paradox. Um, so you are going back in time to kill your grandfather, and that is happening. Uh, you are in the future without a grandfather because you've killed him, and that is happening. You are never born because you've killed your grandfather, and that is happening. And all of these things actually exist at the same time. Which actually can scientifically maybe happen. So uh, time travel, whether it exists or not, uh, we don't know. But subatomic particles uh, regularly do multiple different things in parallel. It's called something called quantum superposition. And it's responsible for such things as like 
the sun's fusion uh, in its core and a bunch of other things that are just over my head in science and math. Um, but if you think about these subatomic particles existing at the same time in parallel, your timelines, like you were saying, will result at the same time. You are, you are dead or you are, you are not born, but you are also born to go back and tell your grandfather. Your grandfather is dead, but also not dead at the same time. Yes, this is a superposition or uh, uh, more than one state at the same time. Uh, the way we measure uh, things like quark mass or even electrons, even, even a step bigger than that, the way we measure electrons is in a wave function, a probabilistic wave function, um, where we say it is most likely here at any given time. Uh, however, once that is observed, you are changing the test. You are introducing a new environment in which that electron exists, so your wave will get bigger and bigger, essentially, and tighter and tighter until it collapses. And this is called wave function collapse, which is one of the main problems with multi-universe theories, like, like the one where uh, you can still exist, though you have killed your grandfather. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you are creating an alternate timeline. That's what basically he's talking about. And this is also called something called the multiverse or the alternate universes or quantum universes or parallel dimensions, parallel worlds, parallel realities, quantum realities, alternate realities, alternate timelines, alternate dimensions, dimensional planes. Or my personal favorite, many world interpretation. Ooh, that one's good. It What's is. That? It's nice. MWI. MWI. That sounds like an airport gun. <laughs> it, it rests on the assumption that there is actually an objective reality. Uh, and that the uh, universal wave function will deny any actuality of wave function collapse, meaning all universes do simultaneously exist, and uh, every time any choice is made, another one branches off in this huge branching tree of parallel universes. Is there a starting universe in this theory? The, yes, uh, uh, that it would necessitate that the Big Bang is the start of that. Hmm. What's beyond that? Isn't that always the question? I thought you knew everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the multiverse is pretty much explained that easily, but it's not scientifically in any way, shape, or form proven. Or testable yeah, or falsifiable, yeah. which kind of makes it uh, a, a um, point of contention in uh, many reputable physicists saying, then why even think about it? We can't test it. We can't falsify it. It doesn't count as science. Where other people would be like, well, we should find ways to test it. I think, I think that's a good chunk of what we can talk about when it comes to theories and paradoxes, unless you have something else. I do have that. one more paradox sure, called yeah. the bootstrap paradox. Oh, yeah, please. Um, which is very interesting. The term uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps um, actually came from a science fiction story called By His Bootstraps. It rests on this assumption that you can't stand in one place and lift yourself up by your own shoelaces. Your weight is, is making that impossible. That is the paradox. So in the story by his bootstraps, a character goes back in time to visit his favorite author to find out that his author has not writ written the, the work that this character holds so dear, so this character starts giving the author the ideas for the work that he had read in his own present. So this creates the paradox of who actually wrote the work. It seems to have no origin. It is also described in the Doctor Who episode Before the Flood, in which a man who really likes Beethoven's work goes back in time to just before Beethoven wrote Beethoven's Fifth to watch Beethoven compose 
this this work of art. Um, and the character who travels back gives Beethoven notes on Beethoven's fifth, meaning that both the character and Beethoven wrote Beethoven's fifth, but the character also came from the future, inspired by Beethoven with Beethoven's fifth. So Beethoven's fifth now has no author. It has no origin. And this is called the bootstrap paradox. I think it's very interesting. Yeah, it's uh, another work of fiction, The Time Traveler's Wife, uh, which I really enjoyed. Uh, but it, it's that same idea to where the, the man who has this genetic disorder that makes him travel through time has always existed throughout the life of his wife and so he was an adult man and met her as a child and so she grew up knowing this man knowing this man and then when they finally meet he has no idea who she is in this linear timeline but she knows everything about him and then he then learns about her by going back in time and meeting her as a child which is very like it's it just one of those things i never knew it was called the bootstrap principle though that's uh that's interesting so yeah, that's that's pretty much all we have time for because there's plenty, plenty to go through uh, and and find out about theories, about paradoxes, and just about fun fiction about going back in time and things you can do. So with that, uh, I think we're gonna have a new section on continued learning. I'm sure we're gonna have a sound bite there. <laughs> Uh, and so uh, you have some books. I have some uh, TV shows and some films that you can watch. But go ahead and start on some books for all these nerds out there. Sure. Well, uh, there's always the the uh, classic, if not a little bit trashy, Timeline by Michael Crichton, which was uh, <laughs> then made into a movie that was really not very good starring Paul Walker and, and Billy Connolly and uh, Gerard Butler. Great um, movie. You know, it's fine. <laughs> Um, but some of my favorites include A Sound of Thunder by Ray Bradbury, which I mentioned earlier, uh, Ancestral Voices uh, by Nathaniel Schachner, which what? was actually written in the 20s. What's that about? Uh, that is uh, uh, an exploration of the grandfather paradox. Oh, neat. Um, it's very, very cool. And your own ancestors in, in particular. Um, there's also a community episode, I very much like, an Emmy-nominated community episode for science fiction called Remedial Chaos Theory, in which rolling a die creates six different timelines. Um, and it's a very just interesting uh, uh, comedic look at the at the form. That's really cool. Um, I also mentioned the Doctor Who episode Before the Flood. Uh, and uh, uh, just because, you should also check out The Time Machine by H.G. Wells. And Terminator, because Terminator's pretty cool. <laughs> but also Terminator uh, touches on which theory? Well, Terminator uh, does not directly address but definitely falls under the problems of the grandfather paradox or specifically the form of it called the Hitler paradox in which if you go back in time to kill Hitler once Hitler is dead there would have been no reason for you to go back in time um, so there, once the uh, the humans uh, uh, would go back in time and stop the robot uprising there would be no reason for the humans to go back in time to stop the robot uprising making the robot uprising a, an eternal principle anyway uh on top of those films, uh, another thing to watch, Back to the Future, just because, like, it's a really it's – it's a good example of kind of the grandfather paradox. I mean, with whole Marty literally disappearing on stage uh, until his parents actually fell in love. Um, there's also The Time Traveler's Wife, which I mentioned before. Read the book. It's really good. Uh, I saw the movie and then watched the book, but the book is, like, all these extra features, which is cool. Um, Primer, which you've seen. I've only seen a trailer for it interesting theory is if you get into this this box 
you if you stay in it a minute, you will go back in time a minute. If you stay in it for an hour, you will go back in time an hour. So it depends on how far you want to go back in time is how long you stay in this box. It's a very uh, dark and gritty look at the uh, uh, the power that you receive when you can travel in time. Um, it's uh, uh, it's very affecting. Primer is a wonderful film. Um, I also just want to quickly mention The Restaurant at the End of the Universe by Douglas Adams, which is one of the uh, part of the science fiction series that really started my interest in science fiction as a whole called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, in which he mentions uh, it's impossible to create a time travel paradox because the paradox is impossible to create. And that sounds very... Uh, uh, regressive, but the fact is, if you were to go back in time and change the past, then that past is already changed, and the future is uh, the future you exist in relies on that past. Everything fits together like a jigsaw puzzle. So, other ones to if you want to go in the realm of the multiverse, Jet Li's The One uh, is a really fun look at the multiverse, where Jet Li goes around and kills, or there's the bad Jet Li goes around and kills all the different versions of him, and he just gets more powerful and more powerful, and then he wants there to only be one in the world. There's the Planet of the Apes, uh, which is, it's a little bit of a spoiler to find out that it's time travel, but like it's his famous scene, and spoiler alert, uh, the planet of the apes is America because he finds the Statue of Liberty well, it's on Earth. Beach. Earth, yeah. Well, yeah. Earth. I mean, I know that America is your planet. <laughs> uh, it's the only world I know. <laughs> uh, and then also this this it was a book, but it was a TV show that was poorly done. But it was it's called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three, and it's a it was a Stephen King book to where this character goes into this back room of a diner and it only exists about two minutes in real time but he goes back to like the 1950s and the guy who showed him this has been going back and trying to kill uh, Lee Harvey Oswald before he kills JFK and so this character goes back in time and lives year after year after year to try to change the past Um, and then the idea behind it is you go through and only things that you change in the past when you come back happen. But if you go back again, it resets everything. So you can't keep affecting yourself in the past because you only have gone back once, if that makes sense. It's a different kind of theory, I feel like, than we've talked about. But that's another one that you can explore if you're looking for continued learning. Uh, another uh, just point in the multiverse is, uh, of course, becoming a little bit hacked to suggest, but Rick and Morty is actually pretty good. The science is not on, but it's a super fun look at uh, uh, <laughs> infinite universes. Absolutely. Uh, well, do you got anything else? That's it for me. Well, that's it for me, Mike. Uh, this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful podcast. But uh, in the meantime, if you guys like what we did, uh, let us know. Drop us a line. Shoot us an email at beyondtheboardpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on any of your podcast apps, including the Google app, um, including Apple Podcasts or whatnot, and subscribe, review. Uh, reviews are great. If you give us five stars, then it lets other people know that we're as fun as you want us to be. And if we're not, still give us five stars because we like it. It really does help us get out there. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, it moves us up and, and uh, uh, makes us more visible to uh, to a wider audience. So do it. 
and you can uh, find me at Wizbot Games on Instagram. Uh, you can also find other works that I do with uh, my buddy Spencer at WizbotGames.com. We write uh, role-playing games and different games of the like. So you can find me there. And can we find you anywhere, Mike? Uh, not yet, but maybe by the time this is released, I'll have come up with something to make so that you can find me there. Sounds perfect. Great. Can't wait to see you there. <laughs> <laughs> and so tune in next time, and we hope to see you all there. Don't you mean we hope to see you all then? Insert theremin. <laughs> This podcast has been produced in association with the Nerdalogs. To find out more about the Nerdalogs and their shows, visit www.nerdalogs.com or facebook.com slash nerdalogs. Thanks for listening. <laughs>